This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats, Life Beats. with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. Hello, Allah, and welcome to Life Beats. I'm Sally Moose, and I hope you're having a fabulous Tuesday. A little drier than yesterday, no doubt. Uh, now, you might be thinking of gaming when you think of VR, but virtual reality therapy can help people by exposing them gradually to their greatest terrors. It's a technology that is just now reaching the mainstream after 20 years of research. Equipment is getting lighter, it's getting more affordable, uh, with tech advances spilling over from the gaming industry to help people fight disabling fears of things like flying, like heights, spiders, dogs, and more, even public speaking. Dr. Khadija Musa, co-founder and clinical director, and Raham Rashid, co-founder and director of operations at Wise Mind Psychotherapy Center, will be here in just a moment to tell us more about how facing your greatest fears can sometimes be the best way to conquer them. That's next on Life Beats with me, Sally Musa, on Pulse95. This is Pulse95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats. Life Beats. With Sally Musa. Only on Pulse 95. 95. Yes, welcome to Life Beats with me, Sally Musa. Now we are about to jump into the discussion all about exposure therapy and VR therapies being just one aspect of that, helping to treat all kinds of phobias and other disorders. With me in the studio today is Dr. Khadija Musa, co-founder and clinical director of Wise Mind Psychotherapy Center. Welcome. Hello, glad great, to be here. Great to have you. Great to have you. As well as Raham and Rashid, who's the co-founder and director of operations. Welcome to the studio. Thanks for having us. Great to have the both of you here. And this is such an interesting topic because... Um, uh, you know, that there, there, there's phobias uh, and there's anxieties, mm-hmm. uh, you know, about different things and, and, and different issues. Um, and this is kind of where I want to start the discussion, because this is uh, these are the kind of uh, things that can be maybe treated or cured by exposure therapy and in turn virtual reality. Absolutely. It's a whole amazing new area. So where do we start with this, Dr. Khadija? Yes. So um, anxiety spectrum disorders, um, there's lots of different um, diagnoses that fall under that category. Um, Some of them are simple phobias. Uh, Simple phobias um, are fear of uh, dogs, uh, thunderstorms, um, uh, fear of flying. Uh, These are more specific types of phobias. Uh, But under the anxiety uh, spectrum, there's other types of anxiety disorders like obsessive compulsive disorder, uh, PTSD. Um, and when we're talking about PTSD, uh, virtual reality therapy is actually being used for that as well for uh, combat veterans, which is really exciting. Um, so yeah, exposure therapy is uh, probably uh, the most empirically validated in regards to uh, curing uh, phobias. So what does that mean when we talk about exposure therapy? Uh, you know, what does that mean exactly? It, does it mean just putting somebody in that environment that uh, they're most afraid of? What does it entail? It's it's kind of like that. So what are phobias? Phobias are irrational, uh, intense fears of uh, specific situations or objects. 
Um, and naturally, uh, when we're afraid of something, uh, we're going to um, hit this fight or flight uh, response in our bodies with adrenaline. And what are we going to do? We're going to avoid. Uh, and when we avoid, uh, that actually is rewarding because it relieves us from that anxiety and that fear. And so what exposure therapy is, uh, when you're working with a therapist is that you gradually learn to face that fear. Um, so we're trying to get rid of the avoidance behavior. Um, and when a person is able to do that in the proper way, um, they start to gain more confidence. They start to realize that they're overestimating the danger um, of that particular thing that they're fearing. And they learn how to tolerate that anxiety and slowly that anxiety will start to go down the more you face it. Yeah. So that's the idea behind it. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, like you said, this can be for anything uh, from a fear of dogs, cats, whatever it is, uh, public speaking. You know, so how does that even work when you're putting somebody into that environment? Uh, we will be getting into uh, virtual reality and immersive, immersive mm -hmm. experiences. Um, but before we had VR, how was it kind of um, treated? How were these things treated? Mm -hmm. So some, some phobias don't actually need to be treated because they don't really cause that much distress in your life. Mm. But if you're afraid of a spider, you can probably get by uh, in life. But there are specific uh, phobias, like you mentioned, um, public speaking, for instance, where it can actually uh, be cause you to be limited in uh, your uh, professional career. Um, I have a lot of students that come in that fail subjects um, <laughs> because they are avoiding their presentations at school. Um, Almost all of us, you know, at yeah. some point we have to give some kind of a presentation. We have to tell people about what we do and exactly. what our ideas are. Exactly. And having a, a safe place to actually practice that stuff is really important. You know, um, a safe, controlled environment usually is the best approach because there's no way you can just like go out there and you know throw yourself in there you might have a reaction that you actually don't want and you'll never try it again <laughs> so that's where this treatment comes in it's a slow slower mm. approach that we find is a lot more successful in the long run yeah yeah and in terms of um it used to be that you would either need to imagine it mm -hmm. or yeah. physically go into it absolutely so uh, when we're talking about let's use public speaking as an example um in exposure therapy oftentimes a therapist will uh help you uh start off by doing imaginal exposure so I would have somebody kind of get in, in a calm state where they're breathing and they might close their eyes and um, have themselves imagine standing in front of a podium uh, in front of people. And what are some of the sensations that they're feeling in their body? Um, what are they noticing? I might say, you know, you know, how, how is the audience reacting to you right now? Um, how are you feeling inside? Um, so you're kind of recreating that environment um, through imaginal exposure. And you're leading them through it. Exactly. And mm. I'm also um, asking them about their subjective units of distress. So on a scale of 0 to 10, 10 might be I can't stand this feeling. I'm feeling too anxious. I want to run away. Um, 0 might be I'm totally confident and calm. So I'm trying to keep them at a level where they're uncomfortable, but they can tolerate it. So maybe a level 4 or 5. And what you do is you keep that person at that level 
until they slowly start to come down naturally. And that always happens with anxiety. You hit a peak, but if you can tolerate and sit there long enough, you'll start to kind of feel a little bit more um, comfortable. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's the idea behind it. Um, we're going to come back in just a moment uh, and uh, talk a little bit more about exposure therapy, uh, why it works, why does it work, and uh, delve into virtual reality therapy. Um, we do have questions from the audience. So Maria has texted in with a question uh, about the fear of heights. Uh, she says that she cannot even stand on a chair. That is something we we are going to put to our experts today, Dr. Khadija Musa and Riham Rashid, uh, and uh, we're going to be uh, leading the discussion after this. This is Pulse ninety five. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats. Life Beats with Sally Musa only on Pulse ninety five. Welcome back to Life Beats, and uh, with me in the studio, I'm do- joined by Dr. Khadija Musa. She is the co-founder and clinical director, and uh, Riham Rashid, uh, co-founder and director of uh, Wise Mind Psychotherapy Center. We're not related, by the way. <laughs> not related to Dr. Khadija Musa. Um, just happened to have the same last name, but what a, a pleasure it is to have them with us here. Uh, we are talking exposure therapy, virtual reality therapy. Um, stuff that is actually quite new because, you know, we're seeing a lot of um, developments uh, in the space of tech and healthcare Mm -hmm. and mental health and dealing with mental health issues. And and this is um, definitely one topic that has come up. Um, And so, uh, as we're saying, this is something that is part of uh, part of exposure therapy. So uh, virtual reality therapy is part of that as well. Um, but why does why does exposure therapy work? So exposure therapy um, is actually falls under uh, cognitive behavioral therapy, and I'm not sure if people are familiar with CBT. Um, but it's basically um, the cognitive part is learning to kind of change your thoughts uh, about uh, certain fears, for instance, when we're talking about anxiety. Um, but the behavioral part is where the exposure therapy comes in. And when we're doing exposure therapy, oftentimes if somebody has a pretty significant fear, let's say of flying, for instance, what we would do is come up with a fear hierarchy. So we would start off with um, maybe a thing that feels, uh, it causes you a little bit of stress, uh, maybe packing up your bags before taking a long trip. Uh, That gives you a little bit of anxiety, but you can tolerate it. Um, And then we move up um, to something else that might be a little bit more challenging and more challenging than that. So maybe buying your ticket and then hopefully... Uh, getting on a plane and going to a certain destination. Um, So you're gradually exposing yourself um, and learning new techniques to tolerate that anxiety and to disprove that fear, which is um, probably over-exaggerated and quite irrational. So moving through it is something that will just, you know, naturally over time calm it down. Okay, so now we're talking virtual reality therapy, which takes exposure therapy to a whole other level. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You've done this. Yes. Reham. Yes. I've tried this on. I, I have I've tried it when we first, you know, brought the system in. And I'll tell you, it is so interesting and very immersive. Um, so what you have actually is um, the headset. Yeah. And so 
you you're able to see the the environment that you're in. So let's take, for example, flying. Right. So Dr. Khadija was just talking about, you know, packing your bag, buying your ticket, going to the airport. So you have the headset and you have a controller. Um, so it is very like gaming in a way. But the difference is the the clinician, which is, you know, Dr. Khadija, has um, the system on her computer as well. So she can see what you're seeing. Um, you're controlling it. You're yeah. controlling what's going on. Yeah. yeah. So I can manipulate the environment based on where um, the the client is in regards to their fear level. So right. say something is a little too easy um, and really it's not very challenging. Um, so maybe I would uh, manipulate the environment. Maybe I would have, you know, a baby cry, which irritates a lot of us on an airplane. Yeah. <laughs> and I've, That I irritates thought, people who love flying. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was interesting, too, because, you know, I don't have a phobia yeah. when it comes to flying. But, you know, I think a lot of people have a little bit of anxiety. And I remember thinking, wow, I really do feel a little bit of anxiety just being in this, because in a way, it does feel a lot more realistic than the imaginal exposure that we were talking about. Yeah. Because you can only go so far and or allow yourself to go in your own head, right? But this is like, you know, you have a 360 view of what's around you, the people sitting next to you on the airplane, even as far as like before the, the flight, standing in line to get onto the flight, you know, like that makes some people anxious. Um, you also have some things like turbulence and all of that. And of course, it's all handled at the discretion of the clinician, you know, how real does it feel to you? You know, it it felt pretty real with the sounds and, you know, being able to just really look around. Mm -hmm. um, I, I mean, I don't know. I felt like it was real enough to get the anxiety yeah. going, you yeah. know, mm -hmm. and, and that's that's actually pretty helpful. I can see how repeated exposure to that um, is a really great tool when it comes to um exposure therapy yeah and I think also it's uh, the virtual reality is a great stepping stone so um, to get you a little bit more comfortable to be able to actually do what we call in vivo exposure which means real life exposure so that can be a great way to kind of prep you get you feeling a little bit more confident to actually take that trip to the airport for instance and yeah. actually sit on the airplane um, and one of the benefits is you can keep doing the repeated exposures whereas before virtual reality therapy, um, I mean, nobody can, nobody can, very few people can afford getting on a plane repeatedly over and over and over. Um, so it's a really exciting technology um, that, that we have at our hands right now. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, you know, in terms of um, going into that environment, it's very difficult to do in real life. So ex virtual reality is a whole uh, other level. And but you know, how many times would somebody need to, to go through that? And, you know, how would it work? And and how do you notice that it's working? So, yeah, it, from, from those angles, I've, I've got so many questions in my head. <laughs> and as well, you know, it does it kind of go, does it go haywire? Does it go the other way where somebody becomes traumatized? Like it, it, it's gone too far for them. They're like, this is too real. I can't. Or... Yes, yes. And I, I mean, I think that this is why actually I mean, you need a professional um, that's going to be um, helping you through something like this. For sure. um, because, yes, if you do expose somebody 
uh, before they're ready, you know, say on the fear hierarchy, they're at a 10. Um, yeah, that can be re-traumatizing for them. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah, we're going to come back in just a moment uh, and talk a bit more about that. We've got uh, lots of comments and questions coming through on Instagram Live. Uh, make sure you get on there. Pulse 95 Radio, we are here. Uh, good morning, Doris, uh, to you and uh, uh, Maria. Your question we're coming to in just a moment, uh, and she's got some interesting comments uh, as well. Uh, all of that is coming up next on Life Beats. If you've got uh, your comments and questions, do send them through for the team here, Dr. Khadija and Reham. We're talking exposure therapy and virtual reality. This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats. Life Beats with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. 95. Dr. Khadija Musa and Reham Al Rashid, they are both here uh, talking about exposure therapy, and it's just really a fascinating topic. It's amazing uh, what technology is doing now in terms of helping us to get over some of our biggest terrors. Um, first, before we kind of come back to the discussion, uh, Dr. Khadija, I want to ask you about. Where do we even get these phobias and anxieties? You know, are we just born with them? Do they develop over time? How does it work? So anxieties are actually there. I mean, we have a system to keep us safe. So um, if there is a threat, naturally, um, say uh, it, somebody's coming at us with a knife, um, we have this mechanism biologically where our adrenaline will pump up and it'll give us a surge of energy. Our heart will start to pump. Our faces might get red. We might get shaky. Um, and we're getting this surge of energy to either fight that threat or run away from it really quickly. And that energy can only stay there for, for so long. That's why sometimes for people, anxiety can be quite exhausting um, because it's a lot of energy that's there all the time. Mm. Um, now, when we're talking about mental health issues, just like medical conditions, um, there are biological factors, um, there are environmental factors, so we don't really quite know. There are some people that are a little bit more sensitive um, to perceived threat. Um, so they might be a little bit more vulnerable to anxiety disorders. Uh, I think sometimes some phobias can be conditioned. Um, so we might um, have a fear response um, to uh, flying after having a panic attack one time. And so now we start to um, experience flying as very scary and very threatening and we start to avoid it. Um, and so some of our thought processes and our behaviors can actually exasperate that fear. It, it can definitely uh, exasperate that fear. But but uh, what would is interesting is that if you have enough motivation, and this is a really important point, uh, if you have enough motivation, you can actually overcome the fear. And we were talking off air, you used a really good example of that. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah. So a good way to kind of understand how exposure therapy works is uh, if somebody was to say to you, hey, I'll give you a million dollars to watch this horrifically scary movie, but you can't have any fear response. And let's say you're kind of, they have you wired up and they can monitor your heart rate and uh, see if you're actually afraid or not. And in order to get that million, you have to be fearless. <laughs> so what would you do? Well, uh, you would 
watch that movie the first time and you'd feel really scared. Um, but you really want that million. So you're going to watch it again and again and again. And so you're going to habituate, which means you're going to become desensitized to it. And this is how kind of exposure therapy works. Another example is um, kind of like getting into a pool where um, the water, you're thinking it's going to be real cold. Um, and you might put your foot in that water and you're like, ooh, I don't know if I can do it. But then once you jump in and you get into that pool, you're like, okay, this isn't so bad. I can handle this. Um, maybe I actually want to stay in the water now. <laughs> and, and that's something that I was asking uh, earlier, like how, how many times would you need to do this kind of thing to expose yourself yeah. um, to that situation before you do feel like, you know, you're in that pool long enough yeah. where you feel comfortable? Well, I think it depends on the the um, severity of that fear as well as like how long they've had it, the anxiety disorder or the fear or whatever it is. And I mean, obviously, we're not all going to get a million dollars for, you know, conquering our fears. <laughs> but, you know, with any type of um, mental health issue, the motivation to get better really needs to be there when you are approaching something like this because you know these are very life um they're just very challenging you yeah. know and it really stops some people from living a full life um it can be life-changing if you do it it is li and it you've is got to kind of keep for that, a lot of people yeah, you know um, front of we mind. have exactly so you have for example um people that need to conquer their fear of flying because they won't have the same opportunities um, for their job or whatever to, you know, go on these business trips and things like that. And it really stops them from getting anywhere. Or, for example, public speaking. Some people um, have such an intense fear that they can't even uh, speak up in meetings. And, you know, that really stops them from going anywhere further in their career as well. Mm. So, you know, the, there's that motivation. I mean, it's not a million dollars, but it's a, a pay raise. It's, a, a you know, just opportunities that yeah. you feel a lot of people feel like they're missing out on. Uh, just because of their their own feel, yeah, limiting feeling very beliefs exactly. and fears. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think when we're talking about these types of anxieties, um, we have to remember it feels like life and death and your body's reacting that way. Um when a person is afraid of speaking up, sometimes it feels like they just want to run out of that room. And mm. so it, it does take a lot of motivation and energy to work on it. And part of a clinician's job is to actually help with that motivation mm. um, and help you see what would my life be like if I didn't have this fear in the way. Maybe I'd go on vacations with my family on the plane. Maybe I'd be able to get that promotion I really worked hard for. And this is the one thing that's stopping me mm. is not being able to speak up in meetings. Exactly. Um, one uh, question that we've had from Maria is all about uh, being afraid of heights. So she says, I'm really scared of heights. I can even barely stand on a chair, which is interesting because she used to be a flight attendant. Um, you know, and spending a lot of time up in the air. Uh, but so would uh, exposure therapy, would VR work for something like that, where somebody is so afraid of heights, you can't even stand on a chair? Absolutely. So where we would start is uh, where she feels somewhat challenged, um, but not too challenged. So yeah. if it is on a step, okay, let's start there. 
and let's work up to the next step and the next step. Um, and often this is actually a pretty common uh, fear uh, It can stop people from going on elevators and escalators. And uh, when we're talking about virtual reality therapy, um, I think that that definitely can be a tool that could be helpful, um, no doubt. Um, uh, and that's something that uh, I've actually tried it myself. <laughs> um, and uh, it definitely gives you that real experience. Do you have um, a fear of heights as well? I don't, um, but I think naturally we all kind of do. <laughs> um, but it doesn't really become a disorder until it becomes limiting right. uh, to you and your functioning in life. Mm. Um, but I think naturally we want to keep us, you know, preserve ourselves. So there is that fear um, of heights, of being so high up in the air. I'm the opposite. I love <laughs> being up in a plane. I can't imagine a more amazing place to be than up in a plane. But you know. Everybody's different. I think I have uh, different kind of fears. I definitely can't get near a spider. Don't put me near a spider. That's, <laughs> that's not that's not me. Um, if you've got a question uh, for Dr. Khadija, for Riham here, we're talking exposure therapy and uh, as well virtual reality and how we can use that in uh, treating uh, mental health disorders, uh, OCD even. Uh, we were talking about post-traumatic uh, stress disorder. Uh, there are a couple of things that uh, we will discuss after the break as well. Uh, so do send your questions in for them on 4215 on Edisla2022 on Do. But we are also, of course, here on Instagram uh, Live. So uh, let's get to it. Coming up next. This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats. Life Beats with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. Yes, it's Life Beats with me, Sally Musa, and uh, Dr. Khadija Musa is here, uh, as well as Riham Al Rashid. We are talking exposure therapy. We are talking. Uh, we're talking VR as well. Um, a great question has come in from Doris. She asks, uh, "Good morning." Uh, Sally and uh, Doctor, my fear is of uh, my eyes getting poked by something sharp. It's not an anxious fear, but it's still there at the back of my mind. She says I work with a lot of different types of needles, so crochet, knitting, sewing. Uh, it's more of the thought that sets a fear in me uh, from time to time. And that's from Doris. Okay. Hi, Doris. Um, so... Really, uh, it sounds like you're having more intrusive thoughts. Now, intrusive thoughts are thoughts that come into our mind that are unwanted and sometimes difficult to um, get rid of. Um, and we all have uh, a certain level of intrusive thoughts. Um, some people have um, uh, intrusive thoughts like the one that you were just saying of uh being afraid of harming themselves and sometimes there's intrusive thoughts of harming others or being too aggressive or um but i think it's more about um recognizing that a thought is just a thought um it's not the behavior so um it's important to notice that if an intrusive thought comes in um that it's just a thought you don't have to get on that train and engage with that thought um and just think of it as a thought and it already sounds like you're actually exposing yourself to uh, crocheting needles and things like that, which I would keep doing. Um, I think uh, it could make the situation worse if you started to avoid those types of things. Um, so that's my recommendation for you is to 
you know, think of it as an intrusive thought. We all have that, but decide um, to not engage with that thought too much. Mm. Okay, so uh, distract yourself basically from that thought. Yeah, just get it out of your mind. Like notice and notice, but don't engage. Yeah, always. It's good to be mm-hmm. mindful and just to notice that you are having these things um, come up, but mm-hmm. to actually not engage and to keep repeating to your to yourself like. Uh, I, I notice that I'm having this thought, but I know it's not dangerous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. And I'm glad we answered that question for you, Doris. Uh, I hope that helps. Um, something else uh, that's interesting about this is that, you know, VR is being used in a whole lot of other areas, too. It's uh, not just for phobias. Uh, what other areas is it being applied in? Well, it's being applied in a, in a lot of places. You also um, you do have with substance abuse and things like that, mm-hmm. you know, repeated exposure to just situations that you might um, find really hard, you know, to deal with and just to kind of walk through them, things that haven't happened yet, but you're not sure exactly how you would cope. Those kind of situations that aren't like full on fears, but it's your a new way of life, let's say, and you're not sure how you're going to deal with a certain situation, whether it's social, whatever it is. And, you know, I think that here's the thing. You could use VR and technology in general with a lot of things. And we we say this a lot. It's not a game. This is, you know, I I try to stress that too sometimes. These these are this is not a game. It's really a medical tool to really change the way your brain is working with when it comes to certain things. So, mm. there are so many different ways we can use VR just in healthcare in general and even and other apps health. as well. There are a lot of that new apps that are coming up with, you know, maybe not VR, but with um, to help with mental health mm. issues. Mm. So you have apps that, you know, help you monitor your mood uh, throughout the day. And these are things on your mobile phone. So you have it throughout the day helps you cope. Um, we see all these apps with um, like mindfulness, meditation, things like that, that you could just pick up, you know, Whenever you're feeling that anxiety mm. for eating disorders, there's a really great one called Recovery Record, where even your clinician can join mm-hmm. your your um, app and also help you keep track of like what you're eating and you know what your moods were when you ate this and this, what the behaviors were. And that's interesting they, for the, for people who have mm-hmm. like an eating disorder exactly. or yeah. things like that to keep track. And that way. Your whole team, whether it's your nutritionist, your clinician, whoever are all on that app with you, they can monitor with you on a daily basis. Like, you know, if there were meals skipped, if there were, you know, or what was happening and then talk about them. Because here's the thing with all of these technologies, the reason why they're so successful is because you're the, the clinician can't be there on a daily basis with you Um checking everything and this helps keep things on track you know you know what we've run out of time but this is a a topic we do have to return to i think um eating disorders is a really good one to cover Mm -hmm. um we should definitely cover that next time Uh, but i want to thank you so much uh, dr khadija musa and reham al-rashay thank you so much for being with us today thanks so much for having us and uh bringing these uh issues and treatments and uh technologies to light it's been fantastic coming up next on Life Beats, we're going to be talking art with uh, the Art Project and Sajaya Young Ladies of Sharjah. Uh, stay with me here on Life Beats. It is Pulse 95. This is Pulse 95.
Tune in live every weekday from 10am.